The following podcast contains explicit language. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Fain. And welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 18 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we'll answer a listener question about experiencing verbal abuse in the entertainment industry. Then we'll talk about being done with shooting season one of The Fix. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Then we have a collective hit and bomb of the week. But first, Sarah, it is Thanksgiving Day today. Oh my gosh. So happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And we are very thankful to make an exciting announcement. Happier in Hollywood has a new home, Cadence 13. Yay! Um, as a lot of people know from reading podcast news, Panoply, <laughs> which had been our podcast network, um, pivoted into the tech side. They're no longer producing content. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Happier in Hollywood, along with Happier with Gretchen Rubin and Side Hustle School, basically the entire Onward project, moved to Cadence 13, um, which is a wonderful group of people who we're getting to know um, and having many great phone calls with um, and loving. So we are at Cadence 13 and we're excited about the future. And thank you, everyone, who emailed us wondering what was going to happen when they saw that <laughs> Panoply no longer was going to do podcasts. So all is well. Um, we're very happy and thankful for our new home. Yes. All right, Liz, now it is time for our segment, The Mail Room, in which we answer a listener question about the entertainment industry. Sarah, one thing we've noticed since we started this segment is that almost all the questions we get about the entertainment business also apply to just about every other business. They really do. Not if it's something really technical like, you know, what does a story editor do? But (laughs) things about work generally apply to everyone. And this Mm -hmm. question that we got this week really applies to so many businesses. So we're like, okay, we got to attack this question. Yes. Um, So we're going to keep this listener anonymous, but this is what she wrote. I started working at an agency about five months ago and find myself really struggling. The agency preaches not allowing any abuse when in reality they do everything to cover up the bad behavior of various agents. Personally, I am working for two agents, and one of them is very verbally abusive. I can never do anything right, and she feels the need to amplify my mistakes to the whole world. I have broken down and cried, and others have told me, she's tough, but you're doing great. I believe life is too short to have such bad people surround you. I have an amazing network of friends that have told me it is okay to leave my desk. The agent is known to be very difficult, and I thought I would be able to stick it out, as they say. I went to a talent agency because no one was taking me seriously after three years of being a casting assistant. Every note I got was, you're great, but we're going to go with someone with agency experience. As a dedicated person who wants to do well in this business, I refuse to believe that being treated the way I am at this agency is proof of my, quote, tough skin, another industry standard I have a lot of issues with. 
Because I've only been there for a few months, people have mentioned that my time at the agency won't really count, and I don't know what to do. I'm passionate about storytelling and don't want to let someone let me believe that I don't deserve a career in this business, but I also don't want to wake up every morning and dread going to work. I've worked in other places that treat their employees with respect, and so I know it can be done. What do you think I should do? Should I try to leave on good terms? Does it matter because the agent will most likely bad talk me anyway? Do I stay? Is it worth my sanity? Does the industry care? Will I be shooting myself in the foot? Anyone or know of anyone hiring? Thank you for creating this podcast. And do let me know if you have any thoughts on my situation. Sarah, reading this, we were reminded of an experience our good friend Nichelle Tramble had when she got a job as a producer's assistant. Of course, now Nichelle is a hotshot TV and movie writer. But back then she was trying to get her foot in the door. Now I'll just brag on Nichelle for a second. <laughs> Nichelle Tramble Spellman is the creator showrunner of Are You Sleeping? starring Octavia Spencer, Aaron Paul and Lizzie Kaplan, set to debut on Apple. Apple's new streaming service in 2019. Nichelle was a writer-producer on The Good Wife and Justified. She began her writing career as a novelist and started her television career as, drumroll please, a staff writer on Women's Murder Club with us. Yes. Um, so in case everyone hasn't guessed it yet, we're going to call Nichelle and hear what she has to say on this subject. Hello. Hey, Nichelle. Hi. Hello there. Thank Hi, you. ladies. How are you? We're good. Thank you so much for talking to us about this. Um, because you told us early on when we met you about something that happened to you while working as a producer's assistant. Can you can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, I had worked at, uh, at one of the big agencies for about two years. I'd worked in the uh, motion picture lit department. And so jobs would come across our desk once in a while that seemed interesting. And there was a job opening to be a third assistant to a big producer. Wow, and third assistant. Wow. Yeah, they had three. <laughs> and I knew this person's name because of the movies that they'd done and their reputation around town. And there was even a book written. And in the book, they talked quite a bit about how this was one of the um, toughest people to work for, that they were just, um, you know, a little bit of a, um, a monster, but <laughs> being sort of naive and from a little small town, I couldn't imagine that anybody could be that bad. Uh-huh. And um, so I, you know, left my job at the agency and and the post with a really, really nice agent and went to work for this producer. And um, it started at 7 o'clock in the morning. It was busy from... The moment I sat down, there were two other assistants, and they kind of walked me through everything. And then, you know, you're on your own, and answer the phone, and here you go. And I'd had a nice meeting with the producer, and, you know, they were interesting and everything else. And um, I think within 45 minutes, she <laughs> called me the C word. She yeah. screamed at the top of her lungs. She um, oh just was... I was in shock. I was oh. sitting at the desk and thinking, "What? I don't understand what's happening here. I mean, oh, usually my. this would end in a fist fight. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> what is the normal response? Do I punch her? <laughs> what do I do? And I just kind of, you know, answered the phone and dealt with it. And she came out, you know, five, six, seven times and just screamed at the top of her lungs about things. And, you know, I was ridiculous and stupid and how had I 
gotten this far. Oh, my God. And so when it was time for lunch, I, um, you know, this was so long ago that there were pay phones. <laughs> and I went um, downstairs, and I said, oh, I'm just going to go and grab something to eat, and I'll be right back. And I went downstairs and called my mom on the pay phone. <laughs> and I, you know, told her the whole story, walked her through everything, and she said, do you have your purse? And I said, yeah. She goes, get to stepping. <laughs> <laughs> and it still makes me laugh thinking about that. <laughs> so did you that literally like, walk out of the I, building I just, and never go back? Yep. Yep. I just left the building. Wow. And I was just like, okay. And she's just like, this is not a conversation. <laughs> this yeah. is nothing to think about. You, It's not up to anybody else to tell you how much you're worth. It is your decision, and if you stay, then you've said okay and signed on to all of this, and if you leave, then you've decided that life's too short, this isn't the situation for you, and this is a bad idea. Wow. So I left. I just, you know, I had my purse, and I walked out of the building, and, um, you know, there were all these frantic calls, <laughs> like, where are you? And, and I was just like, yeah, no. Did you answer at all, or did you just uh, let them go? Yeah, I, I answered at the end of the day. Okay. Because it was just such a bold move to leave that I needed yeah. <laughs> the, the rest of the day to process it. But, you know, I was very much my mother's daughter at the end of the day, and she was just like, no, I'm sorry. I mean, she didn't say it that nicely, but you know, <laughs> I can't tell you what she actually said. <laughs> but, yeah, so I left, and they called, and, and she was like, Michelle, like, are you, what's going on? And I said, yeah, this isn't the job for me. I don't think that there's a, a world in which I could be talked to you that way every single day. So, you know, the key's in the desk. Good for like, you. Oh. Yeah. Now, so, what did you do next? I, oh, I was, I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> I was broke for about six months. and couldn't find a job, and it was not great. Um, but there was just, you know, I, I started, after that, I started to work as a freelance um, reader and mm-hmm. started to kind of piece things together. I was still doing freelance writing for newspapers and magazines. So it was a very um, tricky situation where I sort of like, oh, this month's great, this month's not, this month's great. Mm-hmm. And I did temp work, and then finally I actually went back to the agency and worked for another year for another agent. Mm. So, Nichelle, now knowing everything you know and how your story continued. What's your advice for our listener? Should she get to step in or should she stick it out? What do you think? If she if she's crying every single day, the answer is yes. There's just there's just no way. When you look back on things and you know you get the advice, oh you just have to tough it out. You just you know, um it will get better and it doesn't. She could also very. She could ask for another desk at the agency. She could also ask to be a floater, mm. and then that way she just goes from desk to desk, and there may be a better match. Right. But yes. you don't have to sit there and take the abuse. You just go and um, find a situation that's a little better for you. It might not even be in the department that she's interested in at the time, but it will give her the same opportunity to learn what she needs to learn, learn the names in town, learn the relationships in town, forge her own relationships. Those people that I worked at the agency with became sort of my pledge class for a um, 
lack of a better term. So those were the people that became executives with me, you know, became writers, went off to become producers. And so, you know, some of them became agents. But um, there's, there's a way to fix that situation and learn what she needs to learn, whether it's a different agency, because the agency boot camp experience is really good. You just right. learn everything very quickly on the ground. But she doesn't have to suffer on that one death. Well, that's the great thing about agencies is people move around all the time. Yes. In fact, we sort of were asking this question to some of the assistants in our office, and that was their point was, well, why doesn't she ask to be put on a different desk? So yeah. maybe that's a place to start. Um, it's like maybe it's prestigious sometimes to be on the desk of a really difficult person. But if you're not cut out for it, it's not going to you're not going to thrive and look good if you're not a person who can just sort of let things roll off your back. There are those no. people that can Mary, for instance, our assistant who we don't yell at, I want to say for the record, but we are snippy at times. I'm not <laughs> proud. Um, but her her um, her thing is that she just very much is able to separate herself like when she's had, you know, really sort of screamer bosses, which she said she has, which she has. And she can she can say, well, I can just see that he's really stressed out and this isn't about me. And she doesn't take it in. She doesn't drink from the poison cup. And I think you have to have that personality type to work for someone like that. Yes. Or you just decide okay, this is not what I want, but I'm going to do it for a year or I'm going to do it for six months. But the thing that sort of um, helped me feel okay about the decision I made to leave in those six months where I was struggling was the fact that when I looked at successful people in town, they hadn't started on this person's desk. Mm. So there were producers who were abusive and who were screamers and threw things in that, and they had big careers. But None of none of her assistants did. Oh. And so even if you, like, look at different um, people who were working during that time and they talk about her, they didn't work for her. And so that was interesting to me. They were contemporaries of hers um, that she dealt with in business or she was in partnership with, but the assistants kind of just faded away and left the business. And so I thought, okay, that's that was, that's what makes me feel better. You know, if I had gone um, and worked for someone who was crazy and nuts. And then, you know, all their assistants went on to have these big careers that they helped them have. Right. But she didn't do that. She was just shredding people and discarding them. Yes. It took me a while to realize that because I was kind of like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? But then when I started to look through the names, I thought, well, then none of these people list her as a, you know, someone who Uh helped them in their career. That's really interesting. Like our agent, Matt, I mean, his he is always has a slew of one assistant after another. And they always show up like, you know, in great jobs. Um, His assistants do consistently end up being successful in the business. And I never thought about sort of, you know, looking at the track record of someone. But that's a huge deal. It is. So for our listener with this question, if the person who's shouting at you every day is turning out really successful uh, producers, writers, agents, etc., maybe think about whether that trade-off is worth it. And if she's yeah, not, get the hell out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should get a T-shirt that says, get to stepping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to sell that on our website yes. someday. Trademark, get to stepping. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
<laughs> Michelle, thank you for talking this through with us. Um, listener, please do let us know what you decide and how it goes. And if you can get on another desk or if you find another job and know that so many people go through this in Hollywood and in every industry. And it's really like a case by case basis, what you're willing to put up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nichelle, look, leaving that job did not hurt you. So, you know, that's the thing to remember. Incredibly, you've been, gone on to be incredibly successful. And who knows if you'd stayed working for her, you might have crawled up into a ball and never wanted to be in Hollywood again. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> That's true. Nichelle, thank you so much. And um, we're dying for you to come on and talk about your huge show that you have for Apple coming up. So we'll be calling you soon. Okay, that sounds good. Thank you, ladies. (laughs) Thanks, Nichelle. Talk to you soon. Bye, Nichelle. Bye. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's being done with shooting. Yay. Yay. We barely have the energy to whoop and holler. (laughs) I know. It's really true. We've talked about how, like, things kind of cycle up. Mm. You start with the writing, and then production starts, and then you have post. And now we're done with the writing. We're done with the shooting, Mm -hmm. and we only have post. Yes, which will keep us working well into January, Mm -hmm. but it's a very small group. Like almost every—it goes from being maybe 250 people working on the show to like, I don't know, 25, 20, 15, very small number. (laughs) Um, They're even kicking us out of our offices. Yes. We've we've loved our offices, um, but we're also really excited to get back to our offices in the old animation building. Yeah, which I should say are just the next building over from where we are now. It's not a huge (laughs) move. It's not a long kick. Yeah, we'll still have our editing offices, but the writer's offices, someone else is moving in and starting another show. We have to find out what show. And I think it'll be good because, as we, I think, have talked about, we barely stepped on our treadmill yes. desks in the fix offices yes. for some reason. I don't even really know why. They just either. kind of didn't fit in with the like routine of our day. So yeah. being back in our other office, yes. we know we'll be back on our treadmill desks. Yes. Yeah. Starting the first day, we need to say, OK, we're not leaving this office until we do two or three miles. OK. And then just, you know, yeah. just to be like really rigid about it, and then we can loosen up. Yeah. But, okay, so that's a good thing we're yep. going to do. Good plan. 
Um, now, Sarah, what I was thinking about as we were on set um, at the end is that the last day of shooting is either like the last day of school before summer vacation or it's like the last day of school at high school graduation. It's like you don't know if you're going to be back with everyone. You're just saying, oh, bye. Have a great summer. Yeah, see, see you in, in a few fall. months. Or if it's goodbye forever and like maybe you'll run into them in 20 years at, you know, quick trip. I mean, you just don't know what's to come. And it's a very unsettling feeling. It is. I don't like the 20 years thing. Maybe you yeah. run into them in a few months or have lunch. <laughs> yeah. Well, given that it's Hollywood, <laughs> likely even if the fix goes away, which hopefully it won't, hopefully, hopefully we'll have many more seasons. Um, uh you know, even if we were on another show, likely we would run into people. But yes. it would be in another show in a totally different situation. We want to see everybody in the same situation. We Season really do. Season two of The Fix. We yeah. had such a great team, as we've said, and we want to keep that team together and we want to, you know, move forward and do 100 episodes. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever had a better team. I don't think we have. No, I love our team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's one of the things about being a TV writer and a crew member also, t- television and movies, is you just don't know what the future holds and you just have to get comfortable with not knowing. Yes. And people are constantly moving on to yes. another job. We had people leaving a week before yes. we were done because another job had started. It kind of is a staggered ending in a lot of ways. Yeah. That's the weird thing is people just start, start dropping like flies. Yeah, as where's you get Marco? To the end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> It's like, oh, he's on a plane to Baton Rouge. New show. <laughs> um, but the other thing about the last day of shooting, which is kind of fun, is that it's like the last day of school, but it's also kind of like Christmas. Yeah. Because there's a lot of gift exchange. Which is lovely. Yes. Um, we give the crew, all the producers get together and get the crew a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, we got everyone uh, black hoodies that say The Fix, which are very cool. Um, and then a lot, and then just sometimes various other people give gifts to us um it's a it's just like a fun there's no pressure about it which is nice it's just kind of a fun um right if someone doesn't give you a gift no No, one's like hey i didn't get a gift from her yeah no it's just some people like to give gifts at the end of shoot it's just a thing and it's a thing we appreciate it is it's fun and it feels like we have been going nonstop in a thousand different directions at the same time for months. Yeah. I mean, just like unending going. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I we're a bit at loose ends. I know. It's almost like making me irritable because yeah. I feel like I don't know what to do. I'm like, should I read a book? Should I do this? Should I do? I'm, I'm just like, I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm unsettled. <laughs> it's funny. I feel slightly the opposite because my to-do list is so long Um, from things I haven't been doing the last few months that I don't know where to begin. Ah, That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because one thing that is true when you're doing an intense period of work, and I know this is true like in April if you're a CPA or whatever, whenever you have your hell month, which we discussed on a recent episode, everything else falls to the wayside. So now it's time to go, okay, what do we need to do? Like, now that you mention it, there's things I do need to do, like get a passport, new passport for Jack. Yeah. Like finally make an appointment with a lawyer and get a will, which I still have. Oh, my done. God. That's so important, Liz. You have I, to do that. I know. There's many things like this. <laughs> but I mean, that's not fun. No. But, well, that's the problem. None of the stuff that's on my list is fun. It's all 
you know, legal stuff because my mom died recently. It's all like going through the boxes of things that my stepmom sent from my dad. It's like, of course, you know, a lot of things for Violet. And then it's the holidays. Yes. And I am determined to enjoy the holidays this year. I don't know if you know this, but I've decided my holiday motto is all is calm, all is bright. I'm just going to... This is something we discussed on Happier. I'm going to have a calm holiday where everything's good. I don't worry about a damn thing. (laughs) That Uh, that is a great plan. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, I can get uptight and, like, want things to be a certain way. And I'm letting (laughs) it go this year, folks. Excellent. Um, Now, one thing I will say I've already noticed since we stopped shooting, Uh and it's been a very short period of time. Like about 15 minutes. Yeah. Is that my mind is suddenly like free yeah. and like other thoughts can come in. Like you and I have had all these creative ideas yeah. in the last, even as shooting was winding down because, you know, everything was figured out. And we didn't have to do anything yeah. except kind of sit there and offer opinions. <laughs> um, and so it's like I feel a new energized creativity coming in, coming mm. our way. Which and is that's very fun. really nice. Yeah. Yes. No, it's like uh, all of the ideas that we've been noodling on and sort of wrangling into a a story that makes some kind of sense for the last year, those are all out of our heads now. Yes, there's room for other stuff. Um, Now, I would love to hear from our listeners how they transition. Like when you've been in a period like this and suddenly it's like everything is different. Mm -hmm. Are there tips for transitioning, for being able to relax? I mean, one thing is, I mean, you talk about your to-do list, but I do think it's important to take time to power down, you know, relax a bit, take the pressure off before you amp up and start like just getting all sucked into your obligations. Yes, like I joined a meditation studio. Ah, okay, that's good. Hopefully that will encourage me to actually go to the meditation studio. (laughs) Yes, that's a good tip. I like that. It's right by your house, right? It is, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it more in another episode. But yes, the powering down is so important. Yeah, so I want to know, do people power down? How do they transition? What tips do they have for us? Because, yes, please. Um, we're always looking for suggestions. <laughs> God knows. <laughs> so we can't wait to hear from you. And next up, we will talk about uh, our collective hit and our bomb of the week. But first, a word from our sponsor. And now it's time for hits and bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. All right. Well, first of all, Sarah, we have a hit, a big hit. Huge. Um, And it has to do with the recent wildfires in California. Yes. So we were shooting the last episode of The Fix kind of in the midst of all the wildfires. One of our key locations is in Malibu. Mm -hmm. We intended to be there for two days of the shoot. And I mean, I assume the place is still standing, but as far as we know, we don't know. Um, And we just couldn't get there. Yeah, it was Malibu was closed. Um, And of course, our location problems were, you know, the the least of the concerns um, in in these fires, which were so tragic and so awful. And and many um, 
people, you know, friends of friends lost homes and it was really tragic. But our immediate concern was dealing with the fact that we had to get this episode done and, you know, we're spending millions of dollars. So we we can't just be like, oh, we'll wait till the fires are over. And we had people very close. I mean, definitely people on the crew were evacuated from their homes. The director of the episode was evacuated from his home, as you're saying. Marsha was evacuated. People were staying in hotels. People were staying with friends. And somehow in the midst of all of this, our crew came together so brilliantly and got everything done. I mean, it truly was amazing the level of teamwork and focus that people committed to getting this episode done. Yeah, the whole crew showed such flexibility with the material. And our locations department came through with finding us alternative locations, which, I mean, we couldn't have done this show without. Um, And... The um, our cast members just sort of rolled with, OK, yeah. I thought I was going to shoot that scene in four days and it's four pages of dialogue. But I'm doing it in, instead. I'm doing it tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Yep. OK, <laughs> Got no it. one complained. <laughs> Everybody just was on their A game. Mm-hmm. And the episode, I think, is going to be incredible. And I don't think anyone watching it would have any idea that it was surrounded by the total chaos of the fires. But we will always know and we We will will be appreciative forever. Yes. And it goes without saying that also we're so appreciative of everyone who worked so hard to get those fires under control. Yes, indeed. All of the firefighters who, you know, saved homes, saved lives. Saved the homes of people we work with. Yeah. So thank you to everybody for rising to the occasion. Um, And now, Sarah, we have our collective bomb. It's not a huge bomb. It's just more of an irritating bomb. Yeah. In the in the scope of everything, it's it's quite small. But it but we're not happy about it. Right. Which is we forgot to put season one on the hoodies that we gave as crew gifts, which is just such a dumb mistake. Yes, we like when you so every year you um as we mentioned producers get together and pick an item and give it to the whole crew and it says season 1, season 2, season 3, hopefully you get up to season 10. Um but that when you wear it it just sort of marks oh I worked on this season of this show and people really do wear this stuff around yes. LA. You see it all everywhere, everywhere you go. There's swag from shows. And it just, we wanted it to say season one, and we completely forgot. Yes, it says the fix, thankfully. Yes, yes. At least it says the fix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, we forgot to put, you know, you can put it on the sleeve, you can put it under the show title, you can put it on the back. Yeah. All the places that you could put it, we don't have it. Yeah, no, I was actually getting a massage, Sarah, um, <laughs> that my sister gave oh me. Oh, my God. Thank you, Gretchen. And right in the middle of it, suddenly I thought, wait a second. Oh, my do God. We, do our hoodies say season one? And I realized I didn't. I was, like, totally messed up the rest of my massage. Oh, Because my mind was just whirling. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? They're great hoodies. They look fantastic, uh, aside from that. And um, <laughs> next year we'll just, you know— Season two. Yeah, now we have to now get we a have season to have two, a season so two. we can have a do-over with the hoodies. Yes, and do better. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. 
Thank you to our insanely talented friend, Michelle Tramble, for talking to us today. Thank you to our producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at our new home, Cadence 13. Thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. Fain and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. So, Sarah, did you pick up your gluten-free chocolate rum cake, which is, like, the best thing I've ever had? Yes. I did the whole line at Honey Baked Ham. Oh, my worth God. every second to get that cake. Oh, my God. I'm oh, so excited. I should have had you get one for me, too. <laughs> Next year. <laughs> I'm so excited about that fucking cake. Oh, it's so good. And it got better, like, as the days went on. <laughs>